by the time we finally found these people and figured out who they were and we were set to reach out to them and say, hey, what's going on? That's when we caught wind of the TikTok video. And the way we caught wind of it was a, a neighboring clinic sending us a screenshot of the client stating that they were going to throw Molotov cocktails in the microphone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast from Whisker Cloud. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. Today, I have Dr. Lindsay Ruland. How are you? I'm good. How are you today, Adam? I'm good. You and I have become friends over the last few months for weird reasons. In fact, you called me for something crazy, and then I called you one day for something crazy. What we're going to talk about today is every business owners, not veterinary business owners, every business owner on earth, you just lived through their worst nightmare and you made it through the other side. Incredibly. As I've told you many times, I know our customers, this isn't a shot at them. It's more about you. Most wouldn't have made it through that. I think what you just went through was so crazy. And this was this weird situation where I've been telling you, like, I want to talk about this on the podcast. I don't want to turn what happened to you into like, marketing and I don't want to turn what happened to you into needless content, but holy shit, you did better than I would have done in that situation. <laughs> and everyone is probably listening. They just kind of perked up in their chairs and they're probably like, what are they about to talk about? So before we spill the beans on what just happened to your business and the nightmare that happened, both for you and for Whisker Cloud helping you, right? everyone knows I love Marvel. And I love the Incredible Hulk. And I can tell you, my temperament, I wouldn't have gotten through what you just went through well. <laughs> so tell me, what is your veterinary origin story? You know, your superhero origin story, like Spider-Man, a radioactive spider <laughs> bites his hand. How did you find your way to veterinary medicine? I think I'm like a lot of veterinarians out there. It's always been my passion. I supposedly told my parents when I was two that I wanted to be a veterinarian and Quite honestly, they didn't believe me for a very long time. And I just kind of throughout my schooling had volunteered at different organizations, worked at a pet shop for a bit, different kind of dabbled in different animal related fields. Veterinary medicine just has always been my calling and my passion. So I don't think that anybody really truly believed me that I was pursuing it until I got into vet school. <laughs> and, you know, even then I had worked in emergency medicine while I was an undergrad it absolutely just clicked with me. It definitely felt like my place to be. But everyone in the veterinary field at that time in the veterinary community, like in the veterinary school and stuff, was kind of trying to get people away from emergency medicine. I did. I kind of pursued other things while in vet school. I did research. I worked for a major pharmaceutical company. You know, emergency just is my calling. So found my way back to emergency medicine and I've been in emergency medicine ever since graduation. Um, and that's where I am. And it probably takes an interesting person to go into <laughs> emergency medicine. Because again, as I said, like, I don't have the temperament to do that. Although, I mean, it's just running a company every day feels like emergency. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> I mean, you know, Whisker Cloud works with a lot of emergency clinics. And the reviews they typically get are chaotic. Because, I mean, really think about it. You were in a no-win situation 
with every single person that comes in the door. I would assume, right? Because they're probably, they don't, they're probably not thinking about the cost at that time, which it, this is an emergency situation. There is a premium on that. And then on top of it, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of situations where you save a pet, but are most people, I don't know how to word this without sounding weird. Like most people are coming in pretty frantic, right? They are. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it in emergency medicine, most of the time we haven't encountered these people before we've not, we don't have that kind of repertoire with this client. We're not familiar with their pet in emergency medicine. That's just the way it is typically versus general practice where they're a longstanding client, you know, all the ins and outs of what's going on with their pet. And so in emergency medicine, definitely, I would I would agree that there's more risk involved with clients being frantic and they don't really know you. And maybe they've had a bad experience with veterinary medicine in general, or they're a little bit skeptical about emergency clinics for some reason. And so it all plays into kind of their demeanor when they come in. And there is a higher likelihood, I feel, but again, I might be biased because I've only, I've only worked as a veterinarian in, in emergency medicine. But from my friends in, in GP, they, they definitely say the same thing that, you know, if you have that repertoire with a client, you're more likely to be able to understand what their pet needs and talk them through things. You have that relationship with them, but in emergency medicine, you just don't. You build that repertoire and that relationship with them very quickly and, and earn their trust very quickly because in, in very critical situations, you need them to understand what you're saying and make rapid decisions for their pet. And the emotions are high, so definitely <laughs> risky. So I have a weird question that might upset some people. Typically in veterinary medicine, if you're out there listening, I'm not saying anything shocking here. A lot of hospitals tend to find ways to cut costs. And I wouldn't say that every single hire is always like someone who's been in vet med for 10 years, someone who's been trained, someone who went to school for these things, someone who is fear-free certified. So with that being said, in emergency clinics, how do you prep your team for the chaos that's coming. And I'll, and I'll tell you all something that I do with my team. I'm a Rams fan. Go Rams, Super Bowl champs. There was a play earlier this year, and I watched this play on Sunday, and I said, I'm, I'm showing this to the team and having a discussion. For non-sports fans, I'll make this quick. Anyway, Rams are backed up to their own end zone. They go to punt it away on fourth down. The punter fumbles it. And he has two options at that moment. He can either kick it out of the back of the end zone, give the other team two points in the ball, or try to do something with it, which he did. He ends up giving the ball away and giving up seven points. I was talking to our team just about, you know, that situation, if you're a puncher, that's your worst case scenario. You're about to get destroyed. You just messed up. You can lose the game. But if you're thinking clearly, you kick that ball out of the end zone, you're like, okay, that could have been way worse. But he didn't, and he made the wrong move. And and I saw that, you know, you're in Michigan. I saw that in the Michigan-Michigan State game a few years ago, where the game was essentially over for Michigan, going to punt. The punter fumbled. Michigan State gets the ball, scores it with no time left. Yes, everyone, I'm a weird sports fan. I know Michigan sports, but like... That's okay. <laughs> Something happened at your clinic that this is th- this is where this question's heading. How do you prep your team, not just for the situation we're going to get into, but for the person who's coming in screaming, not listening to anyone? I get asked that a lot, actually. I used to think that it involved communications training and, and really teaching them about each individual situation, how you're going to respond in this situation and that situation and so forth. And ultimately, that was very ineffective. I still would have team members that were 
not communicating appropriately with a client or not really understanding what the end goal was. And so we, we did a, a complete change around about four years ago and we switched to a different model of really tackling the root of the issue, right? Speaking to our team members about what is our goal? What is our mission here? How do we want each of our clients to feel? How do we want the patients to feel? What's the experience we want them to have? We have very limited time to have a first impression with them. What do we want them to take away from it? So once we started kind of gearing our training and mindset around that and what our end goal was, we could give our team members the flexibility to use their own unique abilities and skills to achieve that goal. And it's way more effective, way, way, way more effective. It's hard. I mean, I think about it a lot. We get hundreds of emails a day. And for me, it's weird. I, I know these are the things I'm not supposed to say, like the vets aren't supposed to say like, yeah, well, no, we love it when you call. And I get it. I mean, Whisker Club's here to help, but we do, we get, you know, we probably have about 25 to 30 customers at this point that email three times a day, every single day. And it's, and it's tough and they're not, and they're not always easy. And it's, you know, we want to support them and we want to take care of them. But then there's times where you just want to say like, Hey, Whisker Cloud's a really big company. We don't change our website this much. Like, you know, you just probably don't want to do that every day. And, but yeah, I mean, when we have people who are rude in every email, who yell, who demand a phone call, you know, three times a week. And, and, and it's just funny. It's like, it's always worse that, or it's always, it's always better. It's always worse. And I think on our team's heads, when someone's like, I need someone to call me right now. And then we call them and they're like, Hey, what's up? We have some new pictures of the team. How do you want us to send them to you? But long story short, we've left everyone in suspense. So I think you and I should talk through, and I want to hear it from your side. And then I want everyone to hear it from the whisker cloud side, how it unfolded here. So yeah, why don't you explain what happened? And, and just so everyone out there knows there was a lot of legal stuff that happened. So we're not going to, well, I'm not going to, I'll let you say what you want. I'm not (laughs) going to say anything of like the privileged knowledge that I have of this, but maybe just like a 60 second overview on what led up to the viral social media post on TikTok and then what happened right after. We're located in Ann Arbor. We have hash bash every year, which is for marijuana. We see THC toxicity almost daily here. Very accustomed to handling it. And although some patients can be critical, it's really rare for them to be quite critical when they come in. They're typically very stable. We had a client whose cat had ingested edibles sometime 24 to 36 hours prior to arrival. The symptoms she had described on the phone to our team were concerning in the sense that we couldn't really gauge from this person's description whether the cat was stable or not. So we advised that the cat be seen. On arrival, my team met this person at the door. There are actually three team members that met him at the door, grabbed the cat, did triage. Initial primary triage was that the cat looked stable. Took him back to the treatment area where he was again triaged by our technical team and was deemed stable compared to the four actively dying patients that they had back in the treatment area at that moment. And part of this, I'll be very open and honest about the part where we as a team failed as well in this whole scenario because there's a two-way street. (laughs) Essentially what happened was my team was very overwhelmed with phone calls. I think we determined they got roughly 34 phone calls in the 30 to 40 minutes since the cat arrived. Many of those were patients coming in and very critical. 
This client got upset because they could see other families being let into the building who were coming in to say goodbye to their pets. Some of them were the some of the four critical patients in the back. Because we couldn't have that communication, you know, my team couldn't get on the phone to have that communication with this client and say, your cat's very stable, but we were dealing with so many critical patients at the moment. You know, you develop as a client, if you don't know what's going on, you develop it's very easy to develop a false narrative in your head, right? A false reality about what could be happening back in the treatment area, what could be happening in the hospital. And I appreciate and understand that. And I I know it could be very scary. You know, that part I can understand about why the client was upset. But this client decided to become very aggressive verbally with my team, met my team at the front door and kind of blocked them from allowing a euthanasia client into the building and very aggressively started yelling at my team and demanding what's going on with their cat. They asked a team member that was not familiar with the case because she was not involved with this cat's case. And essentially, then the false reality becomes worse, right? We get all the fear and, oh my gosh, this person doesn't know what's going on with my cat. Like, they must not know what they're doing in this place. And and I think there were a lot of false realities that just went through their heads. Instead of coming to management, speaking with management, waiting for a call back from management, because management was not in right then, they took to social media and posted, initially posted a Facebook review and a Google review listed under a different person's name than what the cat was listed under in our clinic. So at 11.30 at night, we were scrambling to try and figure out who this person was and if they had even been seen at our clinic because nothing was matching up with any patient that we had. We found out the next day when another clinic alerted us to a TikTok video that had been made calling us murderers. Mind you, in all of this, and I know this is probably more than 60 second overview of it, but because I know there's a lot more to say, but you know, in all of this, the client demanded their cat back. The team member, the assistant at the front door, notified them that sure, they're able to take their cat, but because we don't know what's going on completely because we haven't done diagnostics, the doctor hasn't spoken with them yet, that we just don't know if the cat is safe to leave. We just don't know because we haven't done diagnostics yet. We also knew that the other emergency clinics in our area at that time were not accepting patients. And so we didn't want this cat to go home and just sit at home without us really knowing, was there something else besides edibles that this cat got into? But the client wanted to take their cat. They took their cat to a day practice, a general practice. And so the cat is doing fine. But this client was pretty upset with their experience. And instead of resolving it with our team, speaking with management, they got just very, very upset and decided to go on social media, vent their frustrations. They went through our Google reviews from the last 10 years. And despite the over 500 authentic five-star reviews that we had received, they picked and choose a few of the one-star reviews over the years and decided to use those to say that we were murderers. It was pretty awful. So that's what happened with you. Now, I'm going to tell everyone what happened here. Now, we, we get alerts when bad reviews come in. And I have a dashboard that I look at, and I have a team that manages that. And I'm looking at this dashboard like, wow, okay, a lot of negative reviews came in. Hold on. They're all coming in for this clinic. And then it's, it's you know, you look at it and you're like, okay, so it's an emergency. That makes sense. And then it really started spiraling. So I'm talking to Kayla, the head of that team, and, and she's working with 
Amanda and Jenna over here and just getting information. And then the TikTok got put in Slack for the whole company and we're looking at the views and we're watching it. And I mean, I was like, Oh shit, this is, this is not going to go in a good direction. And then, and then the bad reviews start coming in over the next week. And we had multiple meetings with it. And, and just so everyone knows what we do, it's really crazy because we reach out to Google directly and we say, Hey, this is something bad's really happening. Can you freeze the account? And at first they said, no. I mean, I personally called and I'm like, hey, we don't know what's happening. I think you're well aware that this can't be real. Look at their history of reviews, like something's happening. And I'm going to pause for a second because I want everyone to know what happened. I was on the phone with a rep from Google that we've worked with many times in the past. And I was agitated. Everyone knows I love the Hulk. So my wife and I are in the my wife and I are in the car. We're driving down Pacific Coast Highway, which is like, you know, the street that goes down the coast in Southern California. We had just gone to the Whisker Cloud office to pick some stuff up. And I'm driving home and Google calls me. It's like 6 p.m. And they told me right then and there they weren't gonna freeze your account and they were gonna continue letting Google reviews come in. I went nuts. I mean, on your behalf. I mean, I Thank went, <laughs> no, no, I mean, but I want everyone to know what I said. Cause this was, this was a really scary realization for me that I kind of have not wanted to make public, but I think this is going to be a good episode to make things public. I said to them, what this person's doing is very clear. If you are going to allow an ecosystem and I've felt this for years, if you're going to allow an ecosystem where just anyone can go leave reviews for a business that they've never worked with, what is the point of Google reviews? So I'm driving on PCH in Newport Beach and there's and I'm and I'm driving in this area and there's a place called Matza Pizza. So I'm on the phone and I'm like, so I'm driving by Matza Pizza. If I wanted to right now, I could leave a I could leave a one-star review and say that they gave someone in my in my family food poisoning and they died. And the person at Google says, Well, yeah, but I hope you don't. I mean, part of my French everyone, but I went, oh fuck off. There's no fucking way you're telling me that's Google's stance on these things. I said, so I could go create. I could go home, use a VPN, and I could create a hundred Gmail accounts right now and tell everyone that matzo pizza killed my uncle because of poisonous food. And you and you won't stop me. And the guy at Google's like, well, we couldn't really stop you. And I'm like, so then we were still driving. There's a there's like a little old car wash down there that a lot of people use. So I'm driving and I said, car wash, I hate their sign. It's ugly. I said, so I can just leave a review saying they crashed my car. And the guy was like, you know, I really hope you don't, but you know, we really can't stop you. And I said to my wife, I mean, I I was loud on that call and I ended up hanging up on them. And I I mean, I looked at my wife and I said, imagine. If everyone understood that, because really it works both ways. This is a horrible thing to put on this podcast, but whatever, here we go. So, I mean, it kind of works both ways, right? I could go home. I could use a VPN. I could make 500, you know, emails that are and leave myself 500 positive reviews, which is stupid. Or I could leave 500 negative reviews, which is stupid. All of this is stupid, but you would expect some sort of measures. If someone averages two reviews a a week or whatever it is, or a review a day even. And all of a sudden that's, you know, all of a sudden that goes up 10 X. Shouldn't there be some responsibility to say, hold the, hold up. Something's weird here. Yeah. Because by the time, so by the time we caught wind of what was going on, we were still trying to figure out who this client was, you know, because they used a different name to post the reviews. 
so we couldn't find them. And they mentioned something about the cat coming in in the morning. So we went through all the morning, the cats that had come in for every morning for the last two weeks to try and find these people. Couldn't find them. Turns out they came in at three in the afternoon. <laughs> By the time we finally found these people and figured out who they were, and we were set to reach out to them and say, hey, what's going on? That's when we caught wind of the TikTok video. And the way we caught wind of it was a, a neighboring clinic sending us a screenshot of the client stating that they were going to throw Molotov cocktails into my clinic. So that was the point that we discovered about this TikTok. And around that time was when just hundreds of false reviews started flying in. And that was, you know, I will tell you that from a business owner perspective, now I'm assuming it's the same in other professions as well, but in the veterinary profession, when we have conversations about cyberbullying or negative reviews in general, whether it's cyberbullying or not, even if it's an authentic review, the discussion always stems around, well, you can fight it on Google, or if they're not really a client, you can go on there and you can tell Google that they're not a real client. I think everybody feels safe because they feel that they can go do that. They can go say to Google or these other review sites even, I mean, not even just Google, that you can go to a review site and say, this isn't my client. This is like a false review. But the reality was in this situation, as I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, is like, there's not that safety net. You can't just go to them and say, hey, this person's location says they're in Spain. They're not, it's not a real review. Or the review where, you know, they said I brought my cat in for vaccines and they amputate all of its limbs. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not a real review. First of all, we don't do vaccines. Secondly, all four, four of its limbs, take all four of its legs off. I mean, like some of these were so ridiculous, but it, it became, yeah, this huge snowball, right? Hundreds of reviews. I don't even know if we know the true number because I, I think you and I have talked about this, that we, we think that at some point Google's algorithm kicked in and probably started deleting some of the reviews because there was such a massive influx of these, of these one-star reviews coming in. Well, I mean, I can tell you what we did on our side is we had two people on our side. And and I want everyone out there to know, and it's nowhere near the same level, but it's sort of like what I alluded to at the beginning of this episode when I talked about the people that email. We have a massive support team. And that's why there's days where I'm like, as someone that runs this business, I'm thinking like, I cannot spend more money on support. We have extra people. I want people to love us. But then there's days where that gets pushed to the limit. And I'm like, it's a fucking Wednesday. What are we doing? Why do we have 300 emails coming in? So, you know, I think about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I had two people who were literally going review by review in an Excel sheet and like, putting together proof where it says they're located, how many reviews they've ever left. And and we kept submitting that to Google and we were getting chunks removed all the time. But you know, everyone out there, there's a lot of times we can just because of our relationships with Google and Facebook, honestly, and this will get me in trouble with them, but the amount of money we spend with them. Sometimes if I call and I'm like, Hey, you know, we might need to pause some of our servers if you're not going to help us out here. <laughs> They're like, hold on, we could get those reviews removed. So, you know, but we go through and we do that stuff. And and I think we got six or 700 removed over probably a 40-day period. But I want everyone to understand. I mean, we do that for you. We do it for anyone. But that was hard. That put a strain on our team because we had two people like really working around the clock to like do that. But it was also a really interesting thing for us. And 
I always want to know, probably the way you wanted to know, like, okay, this is probably the, unless the building catches on fire, this is about as bad as it can get. I think about that all the time. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, every server can go down and and be down for like days and then we're in really deep shit. But outside of that, you know, for us, it's, you know, there's little fires and it was just crazy. But yeah, I was so thankful we were able to get those reviews removed because we they were coming in like an avalanche. And we have this piece of software we use, reviews coming in. And there were moments where they were coming in faster than you could refresh. And it was like, oh my God. And, it, it was and- unbelievable. It, it was absolutely unreal. And, and I mean, honestly, we would not have made it through with without the support of you guys. Your team was phenomenal. And I've, I've told you this many times that uh, your team has always been phenomenal for us. We, we absolutely adore you guys. But definitely to to go through that experience that, that, like you said, the worst nightmare of a business owner, I just, we would not have weathered that storm as well as we did without having a support team like you. Well, I appreciate that. We've had various website developers and companies and marketing companies that we've used through the years. And I think when I came to you guys, it was kind of like, look, I'm just so done with marketing teams. <laughs> no one. Everyone everyone says that oh, to us. So everyone's is, done. Yes. It was so frustrating. It's like, I couldn't find any company that just knew even, even a little bit about veterinary medicine and what we go through. And like, in order to make good recommendations about you know, what, what to put on social media or what to put on our website. And it was just like, it's just a breath of fresh air when we found you guys, because this has just been an amazing experience. But then to go through this cyberbullying event, which just, I mean, it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And they really, although obviously it left its damage, <laughs> right? There's still damage from it. We were the highest ranked ER authentically in the whole state of Michigan for three years in a row based on Google reviews, authentic Google reviews, and and now, you know, ranked one of the lowest after this. And, you know, how do you get that back? I don't know. But but definitely, aside from Google ranking, our team would not have been able to weather through that without having the support from you guys. No, knowing that you guys had our back, it allowed me to focus my attention on obviously dealing with everything else that was going on surrounding it, the death threats, the trying to keep my family safe and all that. That was a big part of this too. This spilled into your personal life. It spilled into people calling the hospital, tying up the phone lines. It led to death threats. I mean, we do, we talk a lot about mental health in veterinary medicine. And, you know, I've said this to you, I'm being honest here. And I try to do that on this podcast, even though it doesn't always come off wonderfully. I make jokes about loving the Hulk, but I, I mean, like, no bullshit to everyone listening. Well, like, let's take a step back. So you have this this young girl who makes these TikTok videos, and it's just everything is BS, and it's getting millions of views, and she's just erratic in these videos, and she had, like, like a shaved head. Didn't she have, like, I'm trying to think of, like, animal spots, like, dyed into her head or something? Yeah, I think that was after the initial video. You know, I think that what was really frustrating through that experience was that she obviously had a bad experience with us and and we don't we don't want anybody to have a bad experience, but I can understand parts of where it you know from her perspective that she she wasn't kept updated and you and I have talked about this too how important communication is with our clients. And she was upset, but the part where that ends and where I no longer can empathize <laughs> 
or sympathize in any fashion is going to the extreme and and just she went and she read some one-star reviews which of course are very one-sided they're the client's opinion and in one of them that she used the person said that we killed their green cheek conure and it was actually a three-week-old duckling it wasn't a conure and we didn't kill it the owner the person just like flat out wouldn't let us do anything declined everything every diagnostic every treatment every everything we recommended for inpatient care wouldn't let us surgically repair this thing. I mean, it was awful, but that's what she used this review to say we're murderers. And it's like, you don't even understand what actually happened. And it, this person wrote this completely false review. It wasn't even the right kind of bird. <laughs> and they don't say that they declined everything. And and so what she did, she, she made this video saying that we're murderers. And it, 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 I'll never forget the, the initial part said, TikTok, I need your help. There's a clinic in my area that is literally murdering animals. And used those kind of one-sided reviews that didn't have all the information to to bolster her opinion. We ended up contacting the sheriff because of the threats of violence already that she was inciting. Um, she herself had mentioned about throwing Molotov cocktails into my clinic, stealing all the babies out, quote unquote, i.e. the animals, and then throwing Molotovs in, which would insinuate that you're going to bring the building down with all my staff in it. And then there were more people that started making very threatening comments as well. Knife emojis, talking about blowing us up. I called the sheriff. The sheriff called her. She laughed at the sheriff and then proceeded to make a second TikTok video with my picture targeting me directly. Yeah, I'd be in prison. I'm just sorry, everyone. <laughs> I No, I mean, I'd be I like my wife would be like, hey, like, I think I'd be in prison. I mean, seriously, I think I, I think once that. Yeah, once that started happening, I'd call the sheriff and I'd say, you might want to meet me over there because we, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not insinuating I would murder someone, but I think I, you know, this would be a, this would be a really, (laughs) really hard situation to get through. I mean, oh my God. And a lot of my team, they were, they were like, will you bail me out? Because I'm about to go over there right now. And it's like, I really had to hold them back and be like, no. Like, I know you guys want to do that, but what we need to do is we need to just focus on doing what we're doing, which is taking care of our patients and just documenting what's happening. Don't worry, I'm going to go after her legally because this is, you can't do this. And so I did. You know, that cyberbullying is everywhere, obviously. It's not just the veterinary profession, not specific to us, but I know personally two two veterinarians that committed suicide secondary to cyberbullying. And there's countless mores, more in this profession that have experienced it and have either left the field, talented people leaving this field, secondary to cyberbullying, or have ended their lives. And it's just devastating. After going through this experience, I could see why. <laughs> I mean, I was right there. I think I was very honest with you throughout it. Like, I don't want to be a veterinarian after this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my clinic through this, but I don't want to, why would I be in this field when I wasn't even involved? I wasn't involved with this patient. I wasn't there. I was actually in a meeting. I was in a recorded meeting, <laughs> Zoom meeting. And like, so I wasn't even there. And I've worked my entire life and sacrificed so much to make sure that, you know, my team gets what they need in this community, that they have a an ER clinic with high standards. And just, I mean, like every sacrifice that I had made, I mean, including, we've, I think we've talked about this. Like I, I was working so much that I ended up losing my daughter at nine months pregnant, you know, our daughter was stillborn. And I know me working a lot and sacrificing so much of my self-care for this field played a big role in that. So to sacrifice so much 
and then have somebody falsely accuse you of being a murderer when, you know, none of this is real. It was devastating. And, and the, the threats coming to my cell phone, somebody doxed my cell phone number. I was getting phone calls to my cell phone. They said that they had my home address and that they had doxed it. We had some strange vehicles driving by. My kids were terrified. It was awful. We had to flee town for a few days just because it was just too, it was just too much. It was too scary. My kids were just terrified. <laughs> it has long lasting effects. And, and quite honestly, I know that in veterinary school, we always talk about reputation management and how to handle situations like this, but nobody could have prepared me for this experience whatsoever. No one had any good ideas for it. You know, the AVMA cyberbullying website, they do, they have you call this, call this firm. I forget their name, but I'm going to call them and they were very pleasant, but that quite honestly, they just told me, you know, in all honesty, it's, we don't, we don't have a way to help you with TikTok. (laughs) This is, we don't have a protocol for this. And all we can tell you to do is to just wait it out. And I was like, I can't just sit by and wait this out. There's like hundreds of false reviews coming in every day. Like, People calling the clinic, clogging our phone lines, emergencies can't get through. What it, you know, this is devastating. And so I made the decision to fight back and won. You know what's crazy? It's like everything you just said. Seriously, this is my personality. I'm sitting here, my blood is boiling. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I can like laugh through it with you, but hearing all that, it's like my, I'm not kidding. My, like, my fingertips are warm right now. Like, <laughs> And we had multiple meetings. It, well, it is, trust me. But like we had multiple. And I remember you and I were emailing one night to like 10, 11 o'clock my time. And I'm on Pacific time. You're on Eastern time. And and we were emailing late. And my wife is on the couch next to me. And she was like very emotional about what was going on. I'm sitting there just like furious on your behalf. I was like, and I'm sitting there like at home ranting to my wife fucking google i hate that i'm just so mad at how they let this happen and you know i'm going crazy but my god so yeah like the story you just told we had a really long discussion about it at whisker cloud with our team because i explained to people you have a bad day here this is an emergency clinic you know what they do every day they have to sit there and pray that the next dog that doesn't come in wasn't hit by a car wasn't shot didn't you know doesn't need its leg amputated isn't going to be put down that day i said you're upset because someone just changed their form for the fifth time in three days there's a really big difference here on like the frustration i have to remind myself a lot (laughs) well i've thought about you and your situation many a times running whisker clouds not easy i'm with you like when my wife and I moved to California and the stress of moving the company and moving and we were planning a wedding, her and I almost didn't make it because my dedication was 22 hours a day, seven days a week to whisker cloud. And it got to a very unhealthy point. You know, you talked about stuff that's happened to you. Now I'm on blood pressure stuff. I, I have to take medication for heartburn stuff because of the stress. And, and I, and again, I think, you know, for certain business owners like you and I that are just so dedicated, it it, it may be some of it is a self-inflicted thing because my, but like, I mean, even your situation, it got to me, which not a lot. I mean, I'm aware of what happens day to day. I tend to look at, there's just too many support tickets for me to look at, but I pick 50 every night and I just kind of, how did our team reply? Well, I go look at what they did. Did they do it to my standards? And sometimes I'll leave notes. Hey, fix this in the morning or, Hey, let's do this next time or other, or sometimes I'll say, Hey, you nailed that nice work. So, but I mean, I go through those things. I do training on it. And a lot of this, time as your thing was going, I was putting myself in your shoes mentally saying like, Oh my God, you, 
like I said, I don't want to come off like just like a monster <laughs> as I, as I've jokingly said, I'd be in prison, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be on the news, like with, with her, <laughs> with her face. Like this is the person. This is, I mean, I would have, you handled it, it better than me. Your team did amazing, which I was really impressed with. Cause you know, that's why I asked at the beginning of our chat today. It's like, how do you train for that? Because again, I want everyone listening. We have 5,000 subscribers on this podcast as of right now. Like if you're out there listening, put yourself in her shoes. Could you have done anything close? I wouldn't have, period. I wouldn't have. I'm not, I don't have the temperament or the patience. And you and I talked through legal. I mean, I even talked to our lawyer for you. I'm like, what would you do? He's like, oh, he was like, dude, he's like, he's like, I'm, he actually said to me verbatim, he goes, I'm so happy this isn't you because I'd be very worried. I was like, trust me, man. I would have been like, Google everyone. I would have been, I would have been like on the news. I would have been mad. It was definitely, I mean, there were so many times that it was very tempting to just, everybody wants to go out and just vent their frustrations, right? Social media, that's like what it's for. Feels like that's what people use it for. And it, so there were many times it was very tempting to just, you know, put her picture up there and be like, this is ridiculous. You know, like, yes, this client is upset, but this is taking it to an extreme. Really, like, at the end of the day, I just had to keep coming back to and I have like a lovely group of women that are such a strong support for me, support system, like kind of other people in more executive type positions and different professions they really kept encouraging me, like, just come back to what are your goals with this business? What's your mission? And how do you want to show up in this situation? You know, like, how do you want to show up in every situation? But in this situation specifically, how do you want to show up? And how do you want to be remembered in this situation? And so it was it was tough to restrain myself. I mean, there were many times that it was just like, especially full mama bear when my 10 year old is waking up crying from a nightmare because he's had another nightmare that she's come to our house and thrown Molotov cocktails into the house and everyone gets out except for me. I mean, this is like his recurring nightmare. So there, there are times I want to do that. But I will say that the things that really helped through that experience was having a, such a strong team. We have worked so hard to create a positive culture at EBH that having that firm foundation already, we always talk in our team about fortifying our boat you know, I can't control the ocean around us and the waves and the intensity or anything, like whether it's sunny or cloudy out, I can't control that. But all I can control is how strong our boat is and make it more likely that as a team, we're going to withstand the storm. And I was floored because it's kind of a, a novel concept. You know, I just kind of like came up with it on a whim and I wasn't sure we hadn't really tested how it was going to work. And to go through this experience and have my team being the ones contacting me, checking in with me, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not even at the clinic. You guys are the ones dealing with all the phone calls every day. How are you doing? But that didn't matter to them. They were like, oh, we can laugh it off. And we know in the end, she's you're going to follow through on this. You're going after her legally. They were so amazing throughout the entire experience, my, my entire team. So props to them for carrying on, continuing the mission of taking care of the every single patient. Obviously, they were there were times they were scared, right? It's like Russian roulette. You don't know if the client you're on the phone with is going to get pissed and it was terrifying. I don't know if they're going to show up. I mean, you don't know who's going to show up and and who's the one person that sees this TikTok and takes it too far. And by the way, we reached out to TikTok and like we don't have a, a working relationship like we do with Google and Facebook, but we reached out to TikTok multiple times. And we're like, you need to take this down. This is false. And they were like, we can't. It's freedom of speech. I mean, that's how crazy this all got. It's like we were sitting there and I 
this sounds weird, but I actually liked that my team had to go through this with you because it kind of showed us, okay, what's what's the worst case scenario that can happen to one of our customers? And how are we going to be prepared? Because I mean, now we've put things in place where it's like, hey, if a single if a single business gets like multiple, you know, two or three negative reviews in the same day, like we're going to reach out and say, hey, is everything okay, which we do. I mean, we do reach out when even one comes in. But when there's multiple, we usually call and we're like, hey, is everything okay? Is something going on we should know about that we should be alerting Google to. So my God, this is just like hearing you talk about it. And I already knew all of this. I imagine the people listening are freaking out. And, and I think this is the thing. And I said this to you in an email a couple of times. And I've thought about this a lot. It's like, how do we put this? Like, you know, this this young girl didn't have anything. She's not paying for damages. You lost your business lost money up because of this. A lot of money. But she can't cover that. So there's really no justice. She's not going to get jail time for making a TikTok. Even the threats, you don't really go to jail for that. And uh, to be honest, that's what kind of bugged me about this. I've I've said this on the podcast be- before. I believe in consequences for actions, good and bad. You do great things. I think good things should come to you. You do bad things. I believe bad things should happen. I just, I think that's what bugged me most about this in my communications with you, which I said multiple times to you. I'm like, I'm frustrated that she's going to get a slap on the wrist and she'll do this to the burger place that doesn't cook her burger right. This will just be a pattern forever. Now, the crazy thing, and honestly, we can edit this out if we're not allowed to talk about it, but if not, whatever we'll talk about it this person's mom reached out to you yeah yeah so i mean i'll i'll say that i'm able to discuss this stuff i'm i'm able to talk about it it's not like anything not in our legal agreement we i tried to go through mediation with her she she scoffed at that and had some very choice words <laughs> and so ultimately i was left with no choice i had to take her through civil court where i won and no she cannot pay the over 100,000 $100,000 or more in damages to my business. And that's just the measurable amount of, of damages that we could that we could calculate, right? There's immeasurable damage for the Google ranking and all kinds of things. Uh, and the emotional damage to my team. I mean, even though they weathered through it, there's still damage. And she won't be able to pay that. She's young, right? She took the TikTok video down, kind of played around with things and, and wasn't, she would put it back up and take it down and all stuff and, and was not in compliance with the court order. So I took her back to court, said, you're not in compliance. The judge again sided with me, said, you're not in compliance. These are the things now you have to do now. You have to tag EVH in it and you have to tag, you know, hashtag and cyberbullying and all these things. Like, so w- w- the judge actually gave us more the second time that she had to do. And again, she's not in compliance with it. And so it'd be very easy for me to take her back to court and put it, get an arrest warrant for her for not being in compliance or have some type of other legal action against her. But she also has a felony warrant out for her arrest secondary to this. So the prosecutor's office decided that, yes, they are going to press those charges. So there's a felony warrant out for her arrest. I think once her family kind of caught wind of that, her mom contacted me apologized profusely for her daughter, said that, you know, she's been estranged from her and tried her best for a while to help her. Um, And it was kind of nice to have that kind of more human contact, right? And I expressed to her that, you know, as a mom, I can understand we're not responsible for what our children do and, but that it was damaging and that I had no choice but to pursue what I did. And she was very understanding and it was nice to hear her, her perspective on things. But in the end, I mean, 
to me, it doesn't feel like justice either, right? <laughs> she she took the video down. She had to write a retraction statement. She had to post a retraction video. And as you know, as we worked with you guys, she kept taking that down. And ultimately, that information is out there. And now I can have that as a tool that anytime someone wants to question it, I can say, look, I I didn't lose my cool with this girl. I didn't do anything illegal with her. I didn't I didn't lose my temper. Out of all these things she did to me, I didn't lose my temper. You really didn't. I mean, I, and again, and I've made jokes about like, I'd be in prison. I'm obviously, I mean, I've been <laughs> doing, I've been in business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I can't see or I'm not like a, I'm not like a physically aggressive person. So I, I don't think that would have happened, but I, I would have talked to Laura and I, the lawyers, I would have been like, I want you to go rain hellfire, whatever that need, whatever that means. Like, you know, and they would have said to me, dude, this is going to cost too much money. And I would have said, I don't care. I want, that's exactly what yeah, happened. I want, I want chaos for her every, I mean, I would have been, but you did. I mean, yeah. I mean, and again, I felt like, you know, to the best of our ability, you know, this is one of those moments and I've had moments, you know, this is the second company I've, I've owned. And, you know, it's like, I've had moments where I got really personally involved in things. I would say this is one of the more, more personally involved I got. And, and, you know, especially with our team, I checked in daily, where are we at, how many reviews came in, how many got removed. It was, it was nuts. But I mean, I really hope that everyone out there listening, honestly, here's more than anything, how well you managed all of this. I mean, I remember the night where you said to me, I don't want to be a vet anymore. I'm done. And I'll tell everyone something interesting that happened this past weekend. My my wife's aunt and uncle are in from Lee Summit, which is in Kansas or it's in Missouri. I don't know. They're next to each other. There's like two Kansas cities, but they're in Lee Summit. I want to say Missouri. Anyway, right outside of Kansas City. And, and we went out on a Duffy boat this weekend. My uncle is my wife's uncle said, you know, what's it like working with vets? Now, this is an older guy who doesn't talk to vets, doesn't know vets at all. He's not like reading trends on things. And we were talking about it. And he said, you know, I've heard a lot about suicide and, and poor mental health and vet med. Is that is that real? And I said, where'd you hear that? He's like, I feel like I just see that all the time. I'm like, this is a guy in the smallest little town outside right. of Kansas City <laughs> who's been retired for a long time, who does not. Well, I guess now he has two cats. He hadn't had cats for a long time. Now he's got two cats. And like, you're like, how does he know that? If that information made its way to him, it's probably pretty common knowledge. So, yeah, this situation, I guess I have one question and it's, and it's more for the people listening what is your advice a if they go through something like this but b maybe you going through this and and crushing this situation like can you just give everyone advice on you know the little shit that happens day to day that might seem like a big deal but probably after listening to this they realize it's not like you know what's the advice you'd give to everyone the biggest piece of advice i give to people is just we can control our mindset right we we can control how we're going to show up and how we're going to view a situation and how we're going to let it impact us. And I've been working with an amazing group of women over the last two and a half years that have, if I wasn't in that group where they help you reframe your mindset and, and meet your needs. And I, I don't know if I would have survived through this. It was, it was a, a devastating experience. So I, I think it really comes down to, again, the concept of fortifying your boat. We talk about fortifying our boat as the team. Each individual person has to fortify their own boat. I think in veterinary medicine, we have a work till you die mentality. 
we sacrifice so much of ourselves for our patients and our clinics and our profession. And we disregard many of our own needs in other areas of our life. We kind of reason away that, oh, we can't really go do those things because a client will get upset with me if I'm close early on a Saturday or, you know, those types of things. We miss out on a lot of things in life as a result. And we miss out on connection with people. We miss out on leisure time. We miss out on meeting our health needs. That really is what comes down to, I think, the root cause of why veterinarians have such a high suicide rate. Because we are not meeting our core needs routinely. And we feel an application to this profession, perhaps that we can't meet those needs. It would be looked down upon if we did that. And so we're very torn and we're very kind of broken to begin with. And when we tie our entire purpose and our esteem to our profession, right, to being a veterinarian, and then you have a bad day or you have a devastating experience like this, it can crush you if, if all of your esteem and your purpose comes from only being defined as a veterinarian. So through this, as a team, what we've learned, at least at EBH, is we've always practiced, like in the last four years, we switched to this needs-based leadership model. But ever since this experience from last year now, I've really encouraged my team, I don't want your purpose to be tied to just being defined as a veterinarian or a technician or a customer service representative or an assistant or a manager, anything like that. I want you to have something outside of this clinic and this profession that makes you feel purposeful as well, because you're going to have bad days. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad client, a bad patient. You're, I mean, you're going to encounter these things and you've got to be able to disconnect from veterinary medicine and go fill your cup, your purpose cup in some other fashion. That's really, I think, what it comes down to. If I could just encourage everyone to do that. So for me, I love being a mom. I had, I had two goals in life. That was to be a veterinarian and be a mom. <laughs> and if I didn't have that other purpose, you know, something that defined me, I, I think this would have been absolutely, totally crushing. Wouldn't be able to come back from it. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was no no disrespect to anyone else that's ever been on this podcast, but this is the most just insightful. I mean, I'm sitting here like rubbing my <laughs> temples. Just again, I, I want people to take away a lot. And and you just gave everyone. I mean, this was just, I'm so freaking impressed by you right now. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. I'm literally like, I, I, I have our management Slack and everyone knew I was talking to you this morning and everyone was like, this is, you know, she's going to be amazing. And I just wrote, <laughs> holy shit in all caps. I'm like, this is just unbelievable. So I can't thank you enough for, you know, again, it's, it's this weird situation where I don't want to turn this into like a sort of like a commercial for you or for whisker cloud, but this is something that vet med needs to hear. And this is every business owner's worst nightmare. And look how calm you are even talking about it now. When <laughs> most people, I mean, I'm, I'm not in that bucket. I would not be calm. So, you know, I'm just, so as I'm sitting here with like a three foot Hulk statue next to my desk, <laughs> wish I was kidding, not kidding. Yeah, you were, this is just incredible. Well, thank you. We need to be able to have these conversations in, in any profession, but in particular veterinary medicine, I mean, people just are so closed off 
there's so much competition. They're just like scared to share their secrets sometimes. And there should be no secret to this. You know, this, this was an awful experience to go through. Awful, awful, awful. And we would not have made it through without the amazing Whisker Cloud team. I would not, I would not have made it through without my tribe of kind of other supportive women in my life. And honestly, my, my team would not have made it through if we didn't have this positive culture already in place. So it was, it was kind of like the perfect storm, right, of badness where this client got upset and took to social media and all the firestorm. But also was, on the flip side to that, I feel like it was the good perfect storm of having a really amazing website team and reputation management team coupled with positive work culture already. So a team that was already like fortified from that. I think that this is important stuff for people in veterinary medicine to have open conversations about because maybe people wouldn't feel so isolated and maybe if they didn't feel isolated, they would not choose to end their life. Right. So that's, I think it's important. And I'm really glad that you're having this conversation with us today. Well, thank you so much. You know, you and I, I have a feeling we'll continue our friendship. You know, I'm always yeah. here if you need anything. And you were there for me when I had a family member's dog, you know, on the table saying goodbye. And I, I called you and said quick thoughts. You gave me your quick thoughts. And yeah. I've always, always been appreciative of that. But thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. And everyone out there, you know, please listen to this. Take a breath. And, you know, there's a lot of organizations that we'll link to on this post. And, you know, everyone go have a great day. And, and I hope you get to put some things in perspective today. And Dr. Roland, thank you. This was just incredible. Yeah. Thanks for having me.